1: number 171 of the draft analysts presented by the believe sports podcast network do you believe i'm your host chris trapote and with me as always is tony pauline and ladies and gentlemen the senior bowl is almost upon us at this time next week tony will be in hopefully sunny mobile alabama to keep his i don't even know how long it is at this point a year attendance streak going and while I unfortunately won't be able to join him this year, we will still be bringing you podcasts after every day of practice to go over what went down at Hancock Whitney stadium. Note that the senior bowl is not at Lad peoples anymore as everything is moving over to the university of South Alabama. Tony, what are you expecting out of this year's senior bowl experience compared to normal years?
0: I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I really don't. It's going to be a, uh, Uh, basically not fly off the seat of your pants, but, you know, just take it as it comes. I mean, uh, there are only going to be a few people allowed into way allowed into the weigh-ins. So that's off this year. I mean, obviously there's going to be no on the field access with the players after practice. So uh, although we really haven't done that in, in the past few years, I know that that's a big deal. It'll be interesting to see what happens in or around the main hotel, the players hotel, Obviously, it'll be interesting to, just to see who's there. I, I mean, we talk about the senior ball practices. We break down the senior ball practices. But the senior ball is also the unofficial start of free agency. That's when everybody gets together and talks about potential free agents, throws numbers around, things like that. Don't know if you're going to have that this year because don't know how many general managers or capologists are going to be on hand. And we don't even know what the salary cap's going to be uh, for the 2021 season. So basically it's, you know, I I've been going to senior well practices since 2000. I've missed one padded practice since 2000. That was the year where it rained like hell and they wouldn't allow us in the, uh, it's not even an indoor facility at South Alabama. It's a covered facility and they only allowed, uh, two team representatives or two representatives from each team at the practice. It's the only padded practice I've missed. I, I mean, I can't wait to get there. I'm really looking forward to it this year, especially with the fact that there was no Shrine game, that was no Combine, but I really don't know what to expect.
1: Yeah, I mean, that uh, that rain practice, like you mentioned, I mean, we had to get in the film room and, you know, do things that we're just not used to doing in terms of, uh, you know, covering the event and everything like that, just to make sure that we could get the information out to everybody. I mean, that was certainly a, a weird situation. And I think I read somewhere that, uh, it might have been on the Senior Bowl website, that to get to the second level of the player's hotel, you need to have met like the, the COVID testing requirements that the senior bowl is having. So, I mean, you know, unless there are a lot of people that are willing to jump through whatever hoops that uh, the senior bowl is putting into place, uh, it might be just kind of barren at the hotel.
0: Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't see the uh, that you need to be tested. I did see that you needed to
1: answer a lot of questions, but it is what it is. So we'll uh, we'll figure it out. Absolutely. And we'll figure out how to get you a positional preview for the Senior Bowl on today's show in just a moment after this word from our sponsor. The Super Bowl is right around the corner as the NFL playoffs continue to heat up and we move further away from this year's action on the college gridiron. So if you're looking to place a
0: bet on any of the sports going on presently, betonline.ag is the best
1: and only place to lock it in. No real intrigue upcoming on the college betting market, unless you want to bet fifty dollars on Trevor Lawrence going number one in the draft to make a whopping one dollar. Might as well throw three dollars on Justin Fields to win thirty-six, or the same amount on Pene Sewell to make fifty-four. But both of those those other two bets, uh, the Fields bets and uh, the Penay Sewell
0: bets, are absolute losers if those are the, uh, those bets are for them either of those players to go with the first selection
1: of the draft. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today
0: and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
1: Now for this week's show, we will go position by position to discuss players who intrigue us at each spot, ones that could help themselves in big ways, down in Mobile, and those who absolutely need a big week after poor 2020 campaigns for whatever reason. And obviously, we will start at the top with the quarterbacks. As Tony often says, the Senior Bowl is a kingmaker at the quarterback position. And this year's kings, in terms of likely draft position at least, are Florida's Kyle Trask and Alabama's Mac Jones, who enjoyed breakout seasons in the SEC this year. A player that could have enjoyed a breakout season in the same conference is Georgia quarterback Jamie Newman. It feels kind of weird to call him Georgia quarterback Jamie Newman because he never took a snap for the Bulldogs after opting out, which we previously discussed for him as being a very big missed opportunity. Well, here's another shot for him to impress NFL scouts. We're also going to see Kellen Mond, Sam Ellinger, Ian Book, and Felipe Franks under center in Mobile. I think Newman and Mond are probably the two guys to watch in terms of ability to help themselves. We more or less already know what Mac Jones is capable of. I do expect both to perform well and cement their draft stock, but I'm not sure there's much that they can do to really help their stock and, and boost themselves too much. Mondo is a guy took a step forward this season in terms of his decision making and taking care of the football. He has always had the physical tools to succeed, so if he can maintain the momentum from the season, which in the year he had almost pushed Texas A&M into the 14 playoff, I think he has the potential to come out of the week a winner. As does Newman, if he can show off what made him an exciting prospect in his time at Wake Forest. He's a guy both Tony and I were fans of before the season. So hopefully this week serves as kind of a springboard for him heading into the draft. Jamie Newman needs
0: a huge week. There's no doubt about it. I think he made a big mistake opting out of the season. Uh, While I had graded him as a third round pick coming into the season, most scouts were uh, of the middle day three when it came to Jamie Newman. He's got the physical skills. He's got the arm talent to play at the next level. His passes can be all over the place. I, I, I confirmed he's absolutely taking part next week. He needs a huge week. The difference between Jamie Newman having a good week and having a bad week is the difference between Jamie Newman, Newman maybe being selected early part of day three and Jamie Newman ending up in the sixth or seventh round. Obviously, you know, Mac Jones is going to be the star there. I want to see what Mac Jones does when he's not surrounded by all that incredible talent uh, that he, he played with at Alabama, although his uh, top receiver is going to be on hand. Guys like Felipe Franks and uh, Kyle Trask, you want to see their mobility, their ability to quickly get outside the pocket and throw on the move during drills. With Ian Book and even Sam Ellinger, you just want to see if they can throw the ball. I, I mean, Ian Book is a, is a fleet-footed quarterback who kept the Notre Dame offense going primarily by running the ball and his elusiveness, but we've talked about it on this podcast before. He is not a good passer. So if it's one of those Taj Boy type of situations Ian Book is going gonna, is gonna to drop like a rock. And what I mean by Taj Boyd is Taj Boyd, maybe about 10 years ago, entered the, uh, the Senior Bowl uh, with pretty high grades. Some people thought uh, a second day. I always thought he was the last day pick. Couldn't hit the broadside of a barn and ended up as a six-round pick as a favorite to uh, Rex Ryan's son when the Jets selected him there. Same thing with, with Sam Ellinger. You want to
1: see if he's able to put speed on the throws and deliver passes accurately. And moving over to the running backs and tight ends, We're not going to list every player in attendance moving forward on this show. QB is always an exception with just six or seven guys, but we're going to go well over an hour here if we did that. And we don't want to do that to all of you listening out there. So at the running back position, top name on the list might be UNC's Michael Carter in terms of where these guys will be drafted. Trey Sermon certainly might have something to say about that after his performance late in the season. Now, Carter's a very explosive player with game-breaking ability, as we discussed after the Miami game. But the name at running back that stands out to me in terms of a guy who needs a big senior bowl is Mississippi state's Kylan Hill after a rocky 2020 campaign or partial campaign under first year coach, Mike Leach had more receptions than carries this season. Obviously he was quite unhappy with that role. He would rather be a running back than a wide receiver. So he opted out in early November, officially after missing a bunch of games before that to prep for the draft. Now he has decent size, but he doesn't always play to it. He is a solid receiver, which he's going to have the opportunity to confirm in mobile in addition to having a consistent week after this season's turmoil. And Louisiana's Elijah Mitchell is another intriguing guy. Now, he has shown receiving production, but in spurts during his career, not consistently. And one thing you get a good feel on when it comes to backs at the Senior Bowl is their pass catching ability. They do a lot of it, and there's less contact. So if he can show out there, he is a back with good size and power, quick feet on the inside, could intrigue as a potential backup if he can show well in the passing game, which is also something I'm gonna be watching with Trey Sermon who once upon a time was a really highly regarded back at Oklahoma, and he really showed why this season down the stretch before he got hurt in the national championship game. It's been a strange
0: 12 months for uh, Colin Hill. A year ago at this time, he had announced for the draft and all, then decided to pull back and, and return for uh, one more year at Mississippi State, which turned into a disaster. I mean, he was complaining that he wasn't getting the ball enough. he was not running, uh, He was not getting enough carries, although he did show well as a pass catcher, and eventually he left the team. Uh, So like you said, he needs a big, uh, a big senior ball. I'm going to be looking forward to see Chris Evans. Chris Evans was a guy who in 2018 looked like a big time prospect at Michigan. 2019, he was on the sidelines because of academic ineligibility. Came back this year, was given high grades by scouts because of what they saw at the 2018 film, but he was basically a, a bit player in the, in the Michigan offense. He was a rotational back that, that barely saw the ball. So, I mean, are we going to see the Chris Evans of 2020 at the Senior Bowl? Or are we going to see those flashes and, and that brilliance that he showed throughout the 2018 season? If we see the, uh, the latter, he's going to move up uh, draft boards. Really looking forward to see Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon is a guy who I think is going to move up draft boards. You, you watch the film. You know, he's a big back that shows exceptional quickness, the ability to cut back against the grain without losing momentum. Solid pass catcher out of the backfield. Pass catching drills are very important for Trey Sermon at the senior bowl. Want to see if he shows soft hands or if he's just, you know, clutching the ball between his, between his wrists and his hands. And he's not a natural pass catcher. Sermon's had a terrific season, especially at the end of the season. And I think he can continue
1: that momentum going at the senior bowl. Now the tight end position is somewhat interesting. And we know last year's class overall wasn't particularly great. Only a few guys that ended up at the senior bowl ended up getting drafted. This year's class, is a better overall class and it's deeper in terms of the players who will be in mobile as well. Georgia's Trey McKitty is a guy who saw his production drop in a big way this year, just six catches for 108 yards at Georgia, but he previously showed the ability to produce as a receiver at Florida state. So scouts are going to want to see what he can do in this environment. Dukes, Noah gray is another player who took a step back on the stat sheet. He's not a great blocker, but he runs very good routes, can go up in high point passes and could certainly help himself with a good performance here on the flip side. Some very intriguing players who actually improved their production this year, Hunter Long of Boston College and Kenny Yeboah of Ole Miss. Long led BC with 57 receptions. We broke him down a bit when he went for nine catches and 96 yards against Chassarat and UNC earlier this season. Yeboah, career-high 27 catches in eight games this year, 19.4 yards per catch, and six touchdowns. So he's a good athlete who finally turned some of those physical skills into production, and a strong week in Mobile will make him plenty interesting to NFL teams come draft weekend
0: coming into the season. Noah Gray was the highest graded senior tight end by NFL scouts who had given him a potential, a late day two grade. But as you said, I mean, he has not played well this year. He was initially invited to the hula ball. Didn't think he was getting a senior ball invite, got a late invite to the senior ball, which tells you really how poorly his season has gone uh, when you compare it to expectations. So Noah Gray needs a big senior ball. Uh, very interested to see Kenny, you Uo- Boa. I want to see if he, he, if he looks as fast in person as he seems on film, because he is a legitimate downfield threat on film. And he, he showed himself to be one, uh, uh, during last season, during the 2020 season also want to see him in those blocking drills because at Mississippi, he was primarily used oftentimes in the slot, oftentimes in motion, more of a move tight end. Want to see his strength, the point during those blocking drills, also very interested to see Quentin Morris, a guy who I really like a lot. I had I had him graded as a draftable prospect coming into the season, despite the fact that a lot of scouts had him uh, stamped as a street-free agent. He's a good pass catcher. He's a move tight end. He doesn't look very fast on film. He's a move tight end that seems to run in the high four sevens. That's not going to cut it. At the very best, that's a, a late uh, late round pick, a seventh round pick. But if he shows good speed, he shows the ability to literally get down the field and, and out race defenders. It's going to help him a lot.
1: Now, moving on to the wide receivers, pretty strong group in mobile this year, obviously hyphen winner, Devonte Smith, as you mentioned earlier is the headliner, but Tylan Wallace from Oklahoma state is going to join Smith. And the senior bowl is a good setting for a player like Wallace to excel Kadarius, Tony and Trayvon Grimes of Florida will join their quarterback. Kyle Trask, Clemson's Amari Rogers will be there too. For me though, I want to see what Marquez Stevenson out of Houston can do after an injury plague 2020 season, an explosive, big play threat, decent size, a bit of a slight frame. So watching him try to shake press coverage in one-on-ones when he goes against the defensive backs will be important for him along similar lines. Arizona state's Frank Darby has a chance to help himself after he struggled with injury this season as well, good size and speed. But before the season, he was behind guys like Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Williams, Even Eno Benjamin caught a lot of passes in prior years. So 2020 was really Darby's shot to produce as a featured receiver. Obviously, it did not work out that way for him, but a good showing in Mobile could convince teams that he's worth a pick before the seventh round, since you can find some reasons to kind of excuse the lack of production he's had throughout his career.
0: Yeah, the fact that uh, Arizona State played, what, three games this year, four games? They kept having games canceled because of COVID didn't help Darby at all. When he was on the field, he was good, and I like his upside. I think he's going to be underdrafted, but I would agree with you. This is a big opportunity for him. Nico Collins needs a big week. Collins, like Noah Gray, came into the season graded as the top senior at his position, wide receiver position, except some scouts thought that Nico Collins had a first-round grade. It was a strange situation with Collins. It was a deal where... Everyone thought he was going to play. Then at the last minute, he decided to opt out of the season, did not participate. I thought that was a mistake. The thing about Nico Collins is he's a big, sure-handed wideout. Can he get separation? Can he show some quickness in and out of breaks? Or is it, is it a case where he's just another big-body guy at the receiver position who's able to out-muscle everybody and out-jump everybody for the uh, for the catch? Interested to see the two uh, Clemson guys, Amari Rodgers. Is he fast? There's a lot of questions about his speed. I, I mean, can he get downfield? Can he outrace some of these guys? If he doesn't, he's probably going to go somewhere mid to late day three. If he does, I think fourth round is a possibility for Rogers, who was a terrific receiver, but he's a little bit short. Also, he's got some return skills or return potential. And Cornell Powell, I mean, here's a guy who wasn't even on the scouting radar before the season came in. He blew up this year, had a tremendous campaign. The thing about Cornell Powell is we got to see Is he a good receiver, or was he just a product of Trevor Lawrence using
1: all his talent and Trevor Lawrence elevating the talent around him? Now, moving into the trenches where Alabama's Alex Leatherwood, Tennessee's Trey Smith, and Oklahoma's Creed Humphrey, probably the top players in attendance. Leatherwood's teammate, Deontay Brown, will also be in Mobile. The player that a lot of people are going to be interested to watch, and we're no different, at least I'm not anyway, is North Dakota State's Dylan Redunds who many discuss as a potential first-round pick. Tony and I debated that several episodes ago. And the reality is for Redunds, he has a lot to prove if he wants to be drafted anywhere close to round one. Being from a small school that didn't play much in 2020, a lot of scouts' eyes are going to be on Dylan Redunds, and we will see what happens with him if he can elevate his game and prove some of the hype right, even if he doesn't land in round one. Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa is another small school lineman with plenty of ability. We see it all the time. Tony, last year was Ben Barch. Senior bowl can really be a springboard for small school players, particularly on the offensive line. The last name I want to quickly mention here, Cincinnati's James Hudson, mostly because we only saw him for a half and he went up against Aziz Ojolari of Georgia. who's going to be a high first round pick. And he fared well. Ojolari blew up the game in the second half, but that's because Hudson got ejected for targeting at the end of the first half. So really, let's see what James Hudson can do in this setting because for what he put on film, at least containing Ojolari, if he can have a good senior bowl week, that's only going to boost his stock. Really good group of offensive linemen, especially the offensive
0: tackles. You mentioned Reddons. I like Spencer Brown of Northern Iowa. I think he's one of the more unheralded offensive tackles in this year's class. I think he's a second-day pick, but I think he's a guy that is a, could be a starting right tackle at the next level. If he has a good senior ball, I think he's going to jump into round, uh, the second round of the draft. Liam Eikenberg, not a favorite of mine. I know some people have mocked him in the first round. He's the furthest from a first-round prospect that I, I can see. I don't think he's got the footwork, the lateral uh, blocking range, the agility to play left tackle in the NFL. Here's a chance for him to prove me wrong. Very anxious and very excited to see Jalen Moore of Western Michigan. Jalen Moore was a guy who... Wasn't even graded by scouts coming into the year. But if you read my summer report on him and you listen to this podcast, I actually had Jalen Moore graded as a fifth round pick based off of his sophomore and junior film. So to see him at the senior bowl is really terrific. Uh, Obviously Josh Myers, one of the underclassmen or who are are on pace to uh, graduate that will be at the, uh, the senior bowl. He's going to battle with Creed Humphrey to be the first center taken. I think it's going to be Creed Humphrey. I think Josh Myers is more of a second day pick and Quinn Menierez of Wisconsin, whitewater small school guy didn't play this year late uh, addition to the uh, senior ball. A lot of teams like him. I was told by somebody he may not get drafted or he may get drafted in day in the third day, uh, third day late in the third day, but he's a guy to keep an eye on because a lot of scouts feel two or three years down the road, Benirez of Wisconsin-Whitewater
1: is going to be a real good player. Now we'll get to the defensive side of the ball in just a moment. But first, a note from our sponsor. With a new year comes tons of new big games and sports. With big games, you need big stakes. Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game.
0: Visit KansasCityStakes.com gameday and save up to $25 on combos perfect for game day. Plus get free shipping with the code believe that's B-L-E-A-V at checkout. Try out the snack
1: pack combo featuring small plates with big flavor, mini beef, Wellington steak, burger sliders, Mac and cheese melts and shrimp wrapped in bacon. Every order is flash frozen delivered directly to your home satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Basically every cut of steak imaginable plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, again, Go to kansascitysteaks.com slash
0: game day and use the code believe, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste. And after that commercial, i got to tell you, I'm hungry, and I'm definitely going to go to Kansas City Steaks and see what they got.
1: Now we'll stay in the trenches and flip sides of the ball to look at the defensive line. The big name, Shirley Carlos Basham Jr., didn't quite match last season's production at Wake Forest, but he absolutely drew more attention this year because of it and still enjoyed a very solid season. A guy who combines a high motor with good athleticism and fundamentals, good moves with his hands. One of the top players in Mobile overall, let alone just on the defensive line. On our last podcast, we briefly discussed UCLA's Osa Odegizuwa, a big week for him here. As Tony mentioned last week, the question for Odegizuwa is what position he'll play. He seems likely to get the opportunity to line up at multiple positions on the defensive line this week. The better he plays at more spots along the line, the higher he's going to get drafted. That chance to show off versatility is really an opportunity you only get at a postseason all-star game like the senior bowl. Marvin Wilson of Florida State, a guy with a ton to prove after an inconsistent 2020 campaign that ended with an injury. Many had him as a first rounder heading into the season. He's going to need a big, big week in Mobile to re-enter that discussion. And there's some intriguing edge rushers too, two of them coming from Pitt and Patrick Jones and Rashad Weaver. Can Jones hold up against power blockers? Can Weaver show that he's athletic enough to win the edge to maintain his high level of production? And then you have a guy like Vanderbilt's Dio Odiyengbo, took a big step forward as a pass rusher in 2020, full of athletic upside as we discussed prior to the season, and could definitely add weight to his frame. Lots to talk about on the defensive line. Tony, what are you watching for? Well, there are two
0: very underrated guys that I'm really excited to see. Malcolm Koontz of Buffalo, who has got ordinary size, ordinary speed, but he's just a battler. Someone who really, from the snap of the ball through the whistle, battles opponents, finds a way to get the job done, both out of a three-point stance and standing over tackle. I think Koontz is a guy who will look good during senior bowl practices, isn't going to test that well, will be a day three pick, and then go on to have a real good career at the next level. Ellerson Smith of Northern Iowa, a little bit similar. Probably is going to test a little bit better than Malcolm Coons. Probably will run it a little bit faster. But again, another guy that's a good pass rusher, standing over tackle or coming out of a three-point stance. You got a lot of guys who never lived up to expectations in 2020. You mentioned one of them in uh, Marvin Wilson. I I mean, we talked about it on this podcast, Hamilcar Rashad Jr. of Oregon State. Credit to him as of right for going, as of right now, he's scheduled to go because he skated through the 2020 season. He looked like he wanted to be elsewhere. I, I mean, and coming off of what was a sensational junior campaign in 2019, he fell flat. Janarius Robinson of Florida state, a guy that everyone kept expecting to have a breakout season, kept expecting to have a breakout season, never came for Janarius Robinson, a guy who, you know, there's he's more bark than bite there. He needs a real big week. Uh, Jordan Smith is mentioned as a pass rusher out of uh, UAB. I think Jordan Smith is going to surprise a lot of people. Again, someone that we've talked about throughout the season, mentioned him last summer uh, in our Conference USA preview. He is a sensational athlete who, if you watched Alabama-Birmingham play this year, he was used more as a traditional linebacker, although he's got three, four outside linebacker size, used in space a lot, used in coverage, used in pursuit. going to be interesting to see how Jordan Smith does in those pass rushing drills, because if he shows the ability to get up the field, I grade him right now as a day two selection, more of a third round pick. I think Jordan Smith can absolutely move into the top 75, maybe top 60
1: with a big week of practice at the senior ball. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, he's listed as a linebacker, Uh, both him and Rochette are actually listed as linebackers on the uh, invite list rather than as edges. I mean, but with Smith, I mean, we talked about him against Miami, nine tackles, two for loss, just a really impressive guy, size and athleticism, similar height to really like the tallest of offensive linemen that you're going to see. But he's also capable of dropping back into coverage. So it's really a big week in Mobile for Smith. Taking a look at the rest of the linebackers, it's really a position dominated by Ohio State. There are three Buckeyes on the list. Baron Browning and Tuff Borland, who we talked about at length last week, and then Justin Hilliard as well. Some of the other big names to Brill Cox of LSU, Monty Rice of Georgia, I mean, but really, like, you look at this linebacker position. We mentioned Smith, who's kind of going to be used as an edge, might be used as a linebacker. We don't know yet. Another guy with really great height is Charles Snowden. Uh, He's got the ability to rush the passer as well. He can chase down plays in pursuit and drop into coverage. He's got a thinner frame, though. He's not going to hold up quite as well as a guy like Smith. But I'm really curious how the coaching staffs are going to use both of these players because, as I said, they can play in coverage. They are used as pass rushers. So it'll be interesting to see where they line up if they split time kind of with the defensive line in certain drills, kind of with the linebackers in certain drills. And I mean, a guy like Rashad too, you know, they're going to use him as a pass rusher. He's listed as a linebacker, but yeah, terrible season as we discussed. I mean, just fell off the face of the earth after a dominant uh, 2020. So I'm just curious how a lot of these guys are going to be used. But I think that's kind of a theme that we see every year with the linebackers and edge rushers, some of those guys that are maybe not considered tweeners, but can do a lot of things well.
0: Snowden will be interesting to watch during the pass rush drills. Is he able to get off blocks? Is he able to beat offensive tackles with anything more than just quickness or first step? Uh, one guy to really keep an eye on is Derek Barnes of Purdue, a big, thick, strong, nasty inside linebacker who's not bad in coverage. He drops off the line. He gets depth on pass drops. He shows some ability, also shows ability of pursuing the action to the sidelines. So he's got decent lateral speed. I'm glad to see Riley Cole of South Alabama attend. I had written multiple times during the game day blog over at pro football network uh, when South Alabama was on and they were on TV a lot early in the season because uh, uh, the Sun Belt was one of the few conferences that started on time. Uh, Cole's a terrific player. He was great as a late round pick by scouts, not the most athletic guy, but smart and tough. And now he's going to be playing in his home stadium, although not in front of too many people because of the limitations, uh, but it's good to see him there. Also happy to see Grant Stewart of Houston get a senior bowl invite. Here's a guy who's just a real good player that a lot of people don't know about. I think a good week uh, practice kind of puts him in the map as a potential day three choice.
1: Now last but never least, the secondary. And like Ohio State at linebacker, several Georgia Bulldogs in Mobile, really unsurprising with all the talent they had on the back end this season. Cornerbacks DJ Daniel and Mark Webb and safety Richard the Count will be in Mobile. Daniel's a player that scouts really like entering 2020 as a potential early second round pick. I'm intrigued by some of these other guys, though. Cal cornerback Cam Bynum is going to have his speed tested. He's a good football player guy. We've discussed a lot on the show. But the main question with him is his long speed. If he can manage to stay downfield and make some plays on the ball, covering some of the faster receivers in Mobile, that's definitely going to help his draft stock. I'm not convinced it happens, but it'll be a big test for him. And we're going to learn a lot about Cam Bynum this week. UCF safety, Richie Grant, another guy who's a good football player. His major weakness, though, is he's a bit small. But if he's making plays all over the field in Mobile, like he did week in and week out at UCF, that's going to prove something to scouts. And there are two other players here that are kind of in similar boats to each other. You mentioned Nico Collins earlier as a guy who opted out. His teammate, quarterback Ambry Thomas, was also an opt out, as well as Oregon's Thomas Graham. Each of them opted out when the Big Ten and Pac 12 decided not to play their full campaigns, which means there's no 2020 tape on these guys all they're going to have for scouts besides a year plus old film is their senior bowl performances. Thomas is the higher rated of the two. Tony, I know you ranked him as a second rounder entering the season. He's got good speed and ball skills, decent height, but he's kind of thin. Whereas Graham is a guy who's a bit more sturdily built, doesn't have the same level of athleticism or ball skills that Thomas does likely more of a late round guy, regardless of what happens this week. But if Thomas struggles after taking the season off, maybe some are going to attribute it to Russ, but it sure isn't going to help his draft stock come April. Absolutely not. Uh, especially since,
0: you know, he, he chose to opt out where most of the stars in uh, the big 10 were playing two small school corners to keep an eye on where there's a variety of opinions on these players in the scouting community, Brian Mills of North Carolina central. I mean, he's got great size. He's got great speed. The problem is he can't make plays with his back to the ball. There's also some question about his physicality. So Brian Mills has got a lot to prove. Robert Rochelle of of central Arkansas central Arkansas was all over the place this year because they played almost the full schedule and they were playing everybody good for them. And Rochelle did a decent job. He's very explosive. He's got decent size. I know some people have told me they believe he's a day two pick. I think he's more of a middle of day three selection. I think he's a guy who's a real good athlete who has to learn how to play, uh, uh, play the cornerback position and really refine the, the, uh, his his techniques at that position. Also interested to see Hansma Nazira Dean, the safety from Florida State who barely played this year. I, I want to see his lateral quickness. I want to see his lateral speed. I want to see if he can really flip his hips. You know, is Nazir- really Dean a singularly a strong safety? Is he a guy you're going to have to put weight on and move him to outside linebacker? Or is he, is he a legitimate defensive back?
1: Now, with all the positional previews wrapped up, it's now time for Tony and I to go on the record and sticking with this week's theme. Obviously our topic is which player will help his stock most at the senior bowl. Now we've already talked about a ton of players who are in position to help themselves, whether it's because they need to prove something after poor campaigns or whether the situation just sets up well for them. Tony, who's going to actually do it. In all the years ago to the
0: senior bowl, you know, I can tell you this quarterback, offensive tackle, defensive line and cornerback are the positions where players can make a huge rise up draft boards uh, because of their performance. I'm going to go, and I know I'm going to butcher his name, with Ifitu Melifanonwu, the cornerback from Syracuse. Syracuse came in with three uh, highly rated uh, defensive backs. Melifanonwu was the least rated of the three. The other two were Andre Sisko who entered the draft, who's injured, and Trill Williams, the junior corner, who also injured, uh, entered the draft. Melo Fanonio's uh, brother, if, if that name sounds familiar, <laughs> although I am butchering it, it's because his brother was the second-round pick, the safety out of uh, UConn a couple of years ago, who was an average football player, but tested through the roof at the Combine. I believe the Raiders selected him in the uh, second round, never panned out. His younger brother is a real good player. He's a terrific cornerback. He's physical. Unlike his older sibling, he's got good ball skills. I think right now people are sleeping on him. I think he's the type of guy that comes into uh, the senior bowl with day three grades. I think when he leaves, he's could potentially improve his draft stock almost two rounds and leave
1: as a top 60 pick. I mean, I was between two guys here. Uh, I was between Jamie Newman and Jordan Smith, both kind of fit that profile, as you said, a quarterback or in Smith's case, a defensive lineman, edge rusher, whatever you want to call it. But, I'm going to go with Jordan Smith here. Newman has a chance to help himself for sure, but we have to see what happens and he could still be overshadowed even if he plays well by Kyle Trask, by Mac Jones, Jordan Smith though. I mean, this is a guy so fast off the snap, very fast in pursuit. I mean, if the coaching staff uses him in a variety of ways and he shows that he's quick off the snap, he shows that, He's not getting stood up by blocks because, you know, the one maybe knock on him, you could say, is that, you know, his frame still needs some filling out, especially if he's going to be a pass rusher at the NFL level. But, you know, if he can show the ability to rush the passer, we know he can cover. We know he has the length to do so. And the one thing that stood out to me when watching Jordan Smith this season is he has a really good motor. I mean, this guy goes nonstop, play after play. I mean, yes, he's. At UAB, you may think, oh, small school. I mean, this guy was recruited to play at Florida. He was involved in that whole credit card situation several years ago, ended up transferring to UAB. So it's not like there's not pedigree on his side as well, in addition to production, in addition to the athleticism and everything else that he's shown. I mean, you know, Tony, you mentioned you have him. I think you said a third rounder, and, you know, he could really bump his way you know, up into the second round. I mean, I'm I'm banking on that here. I really think that Jordan Smith is going to put on an excellent performance at the senior bowl. And and I think he's going to boost his draft stock. Uh, And we talk about him being a guy that a lot of people don't know about. I think coming out of this week, a lot of people are going to know the name Jordan Smith. We know he can play in space. We know he's athletic. We know he's good in
0: pursuit. If he shows the ability to, to rush the passer this week at senior bowl, if he shows the ability to beat the offensive tackles, and there are some good offensive tackles as we've spoken about, it completes
1: the package. And all that's going to do is enhance his draft stock. And that's it for the 171st episode of the draft analyst presented by the belief sports podcast network. Do you believe if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review and feel free to ask us any questions and give us any feedback you may have as well. We'll be back next week with daily coverage of the senior bowl practices, but until then for Tony Pauline, this is Chris Tripodi. Good night.